Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. You know, Lori and I were doing our typical New Year's tradition where we talked about all the wins the year prior and everything that we're doing this next year. And we've actually been rolling up our sleeves and working on this amazing life-changing course coming up that we're not going to tell you what the name is yet. It'll be out in a couple of months. What? A couple of months, Lori? Yeah, I think two months exactly. And it's kind of based on many things, but also the mantra that I wake Lori up to every single day, which is I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, and more fit than I was yesterday. And all the components that go into making you happier, healthier, wealthier, and more fit than you were the day before. So I'm really excited that we're working on this thing together, but it started, uh, so many thoughts and so many things coming up for us that we thought, Hey, why not just jump on the mics? and share a lot of our thoughts with all of our audience that we love so dearly. So we are hoping that you're going to get massive value out of Lori and I literally thinking out loud about so many of the things that we've been working on as we have kind of sped into this new year. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, so many people, the, the main question that we get asked is what are our rituals? How do we set goals? How do we know what the next step is? Uh, and I think that's going to be really important for you to know in 2018. I think clarity is power and just getting so clear on a few things. That's really what Chris and I are doing more and more as we really start growing our business and our life and understanding even how to work better together. It's just getting really clear on our roles and clear on our goals. That rhymes. But I also just wanted to share, you know, people who are really in the industry of self-development, self-help, um, entrepreneurship, whatever that looks like, they have amazing rituals. And I have to say that this year, I really feel like our New Year's ritual that we've been doing the past seven or eight years, even that is getting more clear exactly what, what we uh, have planned for the new year. And we wanted to share with you guys because I know it's so vital. This is such an important time of year to start reassessing and getting really clear. And that's what we wanted to share with you. So Chris, what was something that you loved about what we did on new year's? I'm just going to summarize that really quick. Um, you know, number one, just staying in and not being a part of the mess out there. <laughs> you feel so good the next day, like mm. you're getting a jump start on everybody else. But I love, and look at when we sat down, we took inventory of what we did the year before. We forgot all that we had done. Mm. And you guys, this is so important. How many of you are beating yourselves up right now saying you feel behind or you haven't accomplished enough? And yet you haven't taken inventory of everything you did accomplish the year before because Lori and I literally had to pull out our calendar and start with January and then go February and then go March and be like, oh my God, in January, we went here. Oh my God, in, in February, we did this. Oh my God, in March, we went here because we had forgotten epic things that we did last year, like really, really big things. And so without taking inventory of that, we wouldn't have felt as good about our year prior as mm -hmm. what we felt by the time we were done with that conversation. You know what it made me realize is how much you can get done in a year. Because I was kind of looking at this year like, okay, well, I can probably only get a few big things done. And when we went back and looked, I was completely blown away by how many places we had gone, by how many new friends that we had made. Um, so just what a difference a year can make. Because sometimes I think when people look at their big audacious goal, they're like, oh God, this is going to take like five years. When really some things, you can have the love of your life walk into your life. You could be engaged next year. You could have a new best friend. You could be traveling to new places and have a new purpose in your life. Like a year is so incredible, you guys. So I want you to have the most amazing year. And that's why we're going to jump right into this. So the course that we're creating is exactly about this. It's not necessarily about finding and following your purpose. It is finding and following the things that light you up and all of the things that you are going to be doing along with that. Just getting really, really focused on what actually gives you life instead of bringing you boredom and bringing you monotony. So 
we want to chat all about what does that look like for you? How do you get clear on exactly what that looks like? So Chris, what is something that you do when you are thinking about what you want to do for the year, like really getting clear on your intentions? Well, it all starts with your mind, the health of your mind, what's going into your mind, because what goes into your mind is going to come out in manifest, meaning what goes into your mind is going to come out in form. It's going to be the events that happen to you, the things that you accomplish, the things that you have, or the things that you experience. All of that is a result of what goes into your mind. So what did I do? I made sure that I was, I recommitted to reading. I said, I'm going to read one book a week. I know that sounds intense for some people. Maybe yours is one a month. But I was going to make sure the stuff going into my mind was the right stuff so that I could get the right output. So I recommitted to reading a book a week. What about you? For me, it's really making sure that my beliefs are aligned with my intentions. And in order for me to do that, I have to really look at where I'm holding myself back and what I believe about myself and about the world and about other people. So for where I want to go, I want to remove all of my limiting beliefs, knowing that I even just really rooting down and knowing that I am the only obstacle uh, that is maybe holding me back from the amount of money that I want to make or the people that I want to bring into my life and knowing that if I can think it and I can dream it and hold the vision that it's absolutely for me it's 100% sent for me and it is now my job to clear all of the blocks in order to become that person and believe that I am that person that could do that thing you know when we were going into I know now we're going into 2018 but when we were going into 2017 a whole year ago do you remember the one thing I said I was going to get way better at when it came to mindset? It was that I was going to be super hyper conscious of releasing judgment mm. and loving people more. And you know what the result was? The result was I had brought in the most epic human beings into my life this year, like incredible high level, remarkable friends and family and just people that became a part of our tribe, people that we you know, didn't really see ourselves hanging out with a whole year ago. And that's mm. just one of the many fruits that come from when you release judgment and commit to just loving people more. And plus there's just way less stress. I noticed when you're not spending all your time judging and instead just loving people where you're at, knowing that they kind of had their own experience, their own path of getting there. So who are you to judge it? And the end result to, you know, making sure that I concentrated on that being some of the healthy stuff going in and out of my mind one whole year ago was, look, we had our best year financially. We had our best year from a happiness standpoint. We had our most fit year and we really just, all the pieces fell together. And I really believe that was a big part of deciding to release judgment and just love people more where they're at. Oh man, huge part. I just want to touch on that for one second because it affected my life. Your, um, just having that as your intention, not judging people, not only did it affect my life because I was no longer worried about, oh man, I really like this person because they have this incredible gift, but maybe Chris won't be able to see it because they're a little bit out there, a little woo woo, or maybe he won't like the way this person shows up. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of that was also me judging, uh, myself and my ability to, um, just be able to trust people and so many different things like that too. So it really freed me up to look at where I am judging and also just to stop worrying about what you think. Like that's okay. That's up to him. If that's something that he needs to judge or not. That was you judging me. Yeah. That was me <laughs> judging you. <laughs> Freedom. Um, okay. So what about your thoughts? What do you notice that you're catching? Because I really want to talk about how, uh, let's just go there. Law of attraction, what we're thinking, what we're attracting, uh, it, it, it's really coming into our lives. If it's a, a thought that we are constantly thinking over and over again. Well, you know, when we are not on our game, not in our habit of meditation and prayer in the morning, then I feel like my thoughts get dictated to me. I'm busy or I'm stressed out or you know, I've got all these huge expenses that we're investing in coming up and they're stressful or I've got, um, you know, these things happening to me instead of happening for me. So then when we're on our great streaks of making sure we're getting all of our meditations in and prayers in and, and you know, we're doing all the fundamentals that we talk about all the time, that's when I never feel like anything's happening to me. That's when I do feel 
like everything's happening for me. And I'm in a place of abundance, which then attracts more abundance. I'm in a place of happiness, which then attracts more happiness. I'm literally in a place where I view my body and my health as much better instead of stressful. I view it as energetic and fit and ripped. And then of course I get more of that. So it's, it's so simple, but it's not easy. In other words, it's simple that if you do the, the short 10, 15, 20 minute prayer and meditation every single day, then you feel like you rule the world and therefore you do rule the world in mm-hmm. terms of what's happening for you. But it's not easy in that life happens. You got to make it a priority. Although it's one of the simplest ha- habits, it's sometimes hard to fit in. And uh, so you, you have to carve that time out. Otherwise, you are going to spend this next year feeling like everything's happening to you instead of for you. And one thing about the thoughts that we're thinking is sometimes when people make this realization about, oh my gosh, my thoughts are the things that are manifesting in my life. It can be a little bit overwhelming. You can feel a little bit guilty about looking at your life and not wanting to take ownership in, wait a minute, there's no way that I manifested this crap into my life. And something that I want to share with you so that you're not freaking out like, wow, I've been thinking this terrible thought yesterday. Well, we throw a lot of different seeds out during the day. So picture it that way. You have a million different thoughts. Some are positive, some are negative. But the ones that are going to stick are the ones that you are constantly watering, the ones that you're constantly nurturing. So yeah, I have about a hundred, no, thousands of negative thoughts a day, but as long as those are the ones that I'm not letting take roots. So I'm really looking at the positive ones and I'm feeding that. So I'm not feeding my fears. I'm really trying to observe when I have a fearful thought and then move to the positive thought or move to the intention that I want and the feeling that I want. And I'm pouring all of my thoughts as much as possible, all of my actions, all of my intentions, and I am nurturing those positive thoughts. And your brain is going to start to choose those more and more. And that's really what the law of attraction starts to look like or what it starts to manifest like in your life is the thoughts that you are giving the most attention to are the ones that are going to finally start harvesting. And you guys, if you have not been doing this, this takes a little bit of time. So be really patient, but you'll start to notice how when you do this over time, you're going to notice which ones are really taking roots. You're going to feel it. So Chris, mindset blocks. I want to know the things that actually block you though. Are there certain words? Are there certain um, feelings that block you from having this abundance mindset, from setting these intentions. Maybe it's attachment, perfectionism, comparison. I know that you talked about judgment. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've talked about these quite a bit in the past and, and the two biggies for me, and it's not that they're ever gone, right? You're always working on them because they're, it's almost like they're a part of your DNA and you got to keep getting, you know, shaving them down and shaving them down and shaving them down until they're at least manageable. But it was always perfectionism. Like I wouldn't try something until I mm. knew it was going to be perfect. So how many opportunities did I miss? And I feel like we did a great job of getting through that one a long time ago, yet it'll still pop up every once in a while and you got to beat it back down. And then the other one was judgment. And the, I feel like the judgment is the feel good one. And what I mean by that is you feel so damn good once you just decide to get rid of that one. And it's not that judgment doesn't ever pop up again. Like on our Insta stories, you're notorious for joking that I'm always complaining about someone's driving ahead of me, which is a form of judgment. So it's not that it doesn't always, you know, or it's not that it stays away forever, but the more that you can manage to remove these blocks and be conscious of them, then the better your results are going to manifest, manifest faster. Mm, that's so good. So I was just talking to someone yesterday. I went to coffee with someone and one of her biggest things was perfectionism. And I was trying to figure out the root of it because I've actually, I've definitely struggled with judgment for sure. Judgment of myself, judgment of other people. Um, But perfectionism has never been one I've really struggled with yet. I know so many people do. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest things people struggle with. And I was trying to figure out what the root of perfectionism was. Like, what are what are you so afraid of? And at the end of the day, it was really that they were just judging themselves so hard that it was really their own judgment that they're most afraid of because they couldn't even nail down what the criticism was and who it was from. It was like the most, so sometimes I guess what I'm saying is like really following the fear and putting light on it to really say, 
what is it exactly that you're actually afraid of? Because we're making up these huge stories that don't even exist yet. And we're robbing ourselves instead of watering the story of the possibility. So stop watering and nurturing the fear and the judgment and the perfectionism and and the criticism that doesn't even exist yet and start watering the possibility. So for me, I know that I switch to the possibility at all times. Like if I'm thinking about what if I crash and burn after I do this speaking thing? What if I don't deliver good content? Um, What if I can't live up to the standard that I have of myself that I want or I want to deliver these feelings? Uh, And then I really look at just letting go. Like what's the worst that could possibly happen following that fear? And it's like, well, the worst that could possibly happen is some people don't like me. I get slightly criticized and most likely most people just forget. Sometimes that's the most freeing thing in the world. You might hate this podcast. You might hate my talk. You might hate Chris's talk, but you're going to forget about it in five minutes because you're going to be too focused on something else about yourself. You know, what's so funny is what holds us back is that we think we're more significant than we really are. Totally. When I say we, I mean all people. In other words, you think someone's going to notice your mistake and remember it. You think someone's going to notice what you say and it's going to really affect them. You think someone's going to care so much about the content you're putting out there, the course you're putting out there, the podcast you're putting out there, the the YouTube channel you're putting out, and actually people give maybe like 10% of a shit that you thought that they actually Mm. give. So we make ourselves way more significant than we really are. And that's what holds us back. If we realize just how insignificant we are and that our job is really just to put everything that we can out there to see who it may affect for the positive, Mm -hmm. then that really just frees you up. You guys, at the end of the day, focus on the impact you're making and focus on the possibility. Anything else is robbing you of your happiness and robbing the world of your gifts. And that's really what I want to point out in this course is that we are talking about how unique each individual person is and that you are connected and aligned with something much bigger than you. And it's when we don't believe that, that we are miserable, that we actually begin to live in our own misery. So full time faith, right? Like whenever I start to feel sad or bad about something or like the world is, you know, a, a, tough place to live and things don't happen the way that they should or we're we're just you know in in a time that can either be viewed as really turbulent or you can choose to look at it as a time that you are able to put anything out into the world that you can think a thought and go make an impact on somebody how crazy is that i honestly believe this is the best time that we have ever ever been living is in terms of a human race. It's so funny. You just nailed it when you said, you know, people who are caught up in watching the news or people who are caught up in reading the news feeds or people who are caught up in all the Facebook drama being posted or anything like that. What's their view? Their view is, oh, you know, we're just minutes away from a nuclear war. Oh, there's feast and famine everywhere. Oh, everything is just out of control. Oh, I don't like our our leader. Or, oh, I don't like this. Mm. And they just feel like it's piling down on them. Matter of fact, you know what I saw most in 2017? Oh, it was such a tough year. Oh, it was a year that we faced so much turmoil. And yeah, there's issues out there. I'm not disrespecting the issues. Except there's also an equal amount, if not more, incredible opportunities right now. Like it's never been easier to just become a brand and make money. It's never been easier to create a product, a physical one or an online product and get it out to the masses because of social media and you know the efficient ways of advertising now and word of mouth. It's never been easier to get fit or to get happy because the amount of content out there is huge compared to what it's ever been. And by the way, most of that content is free, so there's no excuses. It's never been easier to change your tribe. Like, you know, it wasn't long ago where your tribe was whoever your coworkers and family and neighbors were, and you had no choice. Mm -hmm. But now you get to plug into different people, different podcasts, different friends on Facebook or Instagram. It's never been cheaper to travel, quite frankly. Go check out the stats on that to get on a plane or a train and go see somebody and change your tribe that way. And it's never been more acceptable to drop what you're doing and change your life in an instant because you decided to. Mm, I love that. And we don't find our voice in the easy times. 
We don't find what we truly believe in without criticism, right? We don't figure out what we want to stand for until there is something that is right in front of us, pushing against us. It is do or die. Like we have this beautiful opportunity right now with all of these different challenges to say, what is the solution? Because the people who find the solutions are the ones who are happiest and the ones who are getting paid. So find the solution. Sometimes the most turbulent times is the biggest opportunity to live so close to your purpose. But it's when we uh, deviate back into fear that you shrink. You just put shackles all over your body. Like all I can think about is when I go in fear, when I watch the news, when I start to believe that I am helpless, I feel the weight of the world on me. I feel so bound up. I feel completely tied down. And I know that that is the opposite of what we're connected to, because I know that our source, our creator wants us to feel like we have an impact, wants us to live out our dream, live out our calling, live out our purpose. And I really believe our purpose is just to constantly seek expansion, seek the growth, seek the higher level of elevation, whether that's in people, whether that's in our thoughts. I mean, it really starts with our thoughts first, right? And I know that if you have been to a really low place and you're used to thinking really low level thoughts, it's not going to be the easiest thing to go grab the first positive thought that comes by and stick with it all day. This is about one step at a time. One better thought than the last one and just keep trying to grab onto that. Keep trying to grab onto that because misery is just a miserable thought that you are choosing to think over and over again. And so you're almost creeping into rituals and yeah. you, you open this thing with rituals. You know, we just spent a lot of time talking about what goes in your mind and your mindsets and your mind blocks and all that. Now let's talk about the rituals that once you get on a good track, keep these things in place. What, yes. what is one of the rituals that might surprise people that you... <sighs> absolutely commit to. All right. Rituals are so huge to me. I'm, I'm literally like, I'm actually obsessed with the word ritual. It's one of my favorite words in the entire world. I just think it's beautiful because of how it sounds and what it represents. So for me, rituals are so important because it is the choice. It's the support of the choice of your life. Like this is your life. So in the morning rituals for me, the first thing that we do is start with a mantra. And this is just the beginning because a lot of shifting has to take place in my mind. I swear to you, it's like I, I go to bed and I sleep and all of a sudden it's like I lose everything I did the day before. I lose who I am. I lose that amount of happiness. Don't get me wrong. Some days I wake up happy, but a lot of times I don't know if I go in a coma at night. I don't know what I do, um, but I wake up in the morning and I don't feel super happy and excited. I feel pretty negative to be honest yeah you don't wake up on the like you're not a naturally happy person when you wake up no I'm not which is exactly why I teach what I need most and that's why my podcast is called earn your happy I have things in place that reroute me back to my happiness back to my love back to my true essence so when I wake up in the morning it's the mantra I'm happier healthier wealthier more fit than I am yesterday now does that really shift me immediately not at all but it gets my mind saying no you want to start thinking these things okay so wake up brain this is what you want to focus on so I go downstairs and I say a prayer and I get really grateful. I get grateful for the day. I get grateful for what I woke up to. I get grateful for um, everything that I get to do, everything that I got to do the day before. I get grateful for anything and everything that I can possibly think of, even if it's just a warm bed or a cup of coffee. And I say even just, but how many people don't have that, you guys? How many people don't have that? So get really grounded in the beautiful things that you get to wake up to. A job, um, if you if you just lost your job, get really grateful for the fact that maybe you get an extra hour of sleep while you get to go job hunt for something that's new and exciting and amazing and you just got freed up of something that might have been soul sucking. Like get really grateful even for the crap, right? Because in every moment there's something to be grateful for. And then I met, I read. Um, for at least five or 10 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, I focus on exactly what I want to focus on. And here's the thing about reading is that I want to align my thoughts with people who are thinking amazing thoughts. So if you can't get that amazing thought yourself, read someone else who's in the place of alignment, who is thinking amazing thoughts, and it's automatically going to be downloaded into your cells and into your system of these incredible thoughts. That's why we don't watch the news in the morning. That's why we don't get aligned with BS, because I want to be 
on alignment with people who are elevated. And then we meditate. And that's one of the biggest things for me. Meditation and visualization is picturing how I want my day to go, picturing how I want my project to go, um, really clearing my mind for maybe the first two or three minutes and noticing, you know, what's coming in and releasing it. So really meditation visualization for me is releasing anything that is blocking me from love, blocking me from my growth, blocking me from a higher vision. You know, one of the favorite um, rituals that we put in about halfway through the year last year was pages before swipes. Mm. Like literally we made this rule in the morning that before we're allowed to go on Instagram or anything like that, that can be such a black hole that controls the outcome of your thoughts. We made the rule that we got to read 10 pages. And a lot of times those 10 pages then turn into a lot more, um, you know, 20 pages, 30 pages, a couple chapters. So pages before swipes is one of my favorite rituals. I also love sometimes a ritual is what you don't do, what you have a non-negotiable policy about. And we have no news on in this house ever. Matter of fact, sometimes when people stay with us, and we'll come down and they have a news channel. It's the most <laughs> weird foreign sound in the world. I'm like, the hell is that sound? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like such a weirdo. They probably think I'm such a freak. With that? I'm so, like, oh, no, we're going to put on some music. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's another ritual. We have music on in the house the minute we wake up almost all day long because the music, the music really controls your the mood, music. doesn't it? The mujik. 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 <laughs> so, you know, there's little small unexpected rituals that make such a big difference. You know, mine is that nobody can reach us before 11. That's our time to do everything that you talked about, the prayers, meditations, reading, and all that, and also get our workouts in. We put ourselves first, which may sound selfish, but it's not, because when you put yourselves first, then you can be the best version of yourself for everybody else the rest of the day. And by the way, if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't, I can't, I literally can't start my day that way. I have to be at work by this time. I have to get the kids out the door. I have to do that. Then I'm guessing there's somewhere else in your day, whether it's lunchtime or whether it's evening or whether it's late at night that you could carve out a ritual time, a, a, a chunk of time where you can do your rituals and make sure that you are still putting yourself first so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody else. So it's, it's all those rituals that take all these mindsets that we want to have and lock them into place. I don't care how positive you want to think it's not going to be consistent if you don't have the rituals to reinforce them. And you have anxiety around what you don't have boundaries around for sure. So the other thing is if you don't have these rituals and you don't have boundaries, then you are living in resentment and resentment is heavy and resentment is robbing you of allowing you to see these people in your life the way that they deserve to be seen. So really having boundaries, especially for you women out there, because we take a lot of, a lot of us were raised, especially right now, if you're in your thirties, if you're in your forties to be people pleasers. And that means that we associate love with showing up for people and being yes women. And I know that this, I know that this is huge for men as well, actually. So the more that you say yes, the more you feel loved, the more you feel needed. And if you start saying no, you worry that people will think that you are a bitch or that you are not there for them or that you're selfish. And the thing is, is that the second that you put those boundaries, a lot of times people will uh, give you credit for respecting you or for saying, wow, you gave me the freedom to actually um, set up boundaries for myself or you might get criticism, but these are from the people who have no boundaries themselves. I promise you, you are not going to get criticism from people who have boundaries and who truly respect you. So it's going to be the quickest way to find out who maybe shouldn't get majority of your time, who maybe should not be in your life all of the time. And this is a tough topic, Chris. So aligning your tribe, like really setting up your tribe to um, hold your highest values uh, with respect. This is a game changer. I, I want everyone to start to see how these things build on each other and support each other. You can't have one without the other one. And that's why we address these. So first was your mindset and what do you want going in and what do you want coming out based on your mindset and what do you, what are your beliefs around your mindset? And then it started to get into, okay, well, now you know what you want to believe, but what rituals do you have in place in order to reinforce those things? And now, no matter what rituals you commit to, 
those can go awry real quickly if you have the wrong tribe around you. They're inviting you to happy hour or they're, you know, pulling you this direction, pulling you that direction, or they're the people that are, are pushing negativity into your life when you've just committed to all these positive things. And so aligning your tribe is, is everything. I mean, it's the game changer. And every year we've made a really conscious choice to up level our tribe. And I want to be clear because I get this question a lot. When people say, I want to change my tribe or I want to up level the five or six people that I spend the most time with so that I can be happier or healthier or wealthier or whatever it is that you want to be, except I don't want to leave my friends behind or I don't want to leave my family behind. Well, there's two answers to that. Number one, sometimes you have to leave people behind if they're toxic and if they are pulling you out of your purpose. I mean, how dare you sacrifice your purpose to make somebody else happy? right? And mm -hmm. let's be honest, they're not even being happy. <laughs> but the second answer is most of the time, you're not leaving people behind. You're not kicking people to the curb and literally replacing them. What you're doing is you're saying, I love you in my life for these reasons, but I'm also going and bringing other people into my life for other reasons. Cause mm -hmm. I want to increase my financial goals, or I want to increase my accountability, or I want to increase my health goals. And so you're seeking new tribe to change the overall average of the tribe that you are in. You're not kicking people to the curb unless they are bad for you. You are just adding in other tribe members. Sometimes they're virtual, so you're spending hours and hours and hours listening to certain people so that they can have a good influence on you. That's one form of tribe. But a lot of times it's physically going out and committing to making new friends or new business partners or new mentors. Mm, I think this is the biggest thing that helps people transcend. I mean, it's literally you create a tribe for the transition because when there aren't people on the other side of that bridge that is laden with fear because it's new, when there aren't people from the other side yelling, hey, it's awesome over here. Hey, on that third piece of wood that you're about to step on, just know that it's going to come with some criticism, but it's okay because once you get over it, there's something really amazing on the other side. So letting people uh, come into your life who've been there before, who can say, hey, you know that time when you felt really bad about yourself or you thought you were a total failure or that this wasn't for you? Yeah, I experienced that too. And when I just kept on going, I found what lit my soul up and what really changed my life and my finances and, you know, just completely rocked my world. And I'm so grateful now for that lesson, but you can't see it right now. You can't see through the pain. You can't see through the fear. All you can see is where you've been. So you're going to run back to any joy and comfort that you can remember. But the tribe on the other side, side says, no, no, don't go back. It's so much better over here. Keep going. If you just keep walking straight, there's a door that you're going to run into and it's going to open up to your wildest dreams. But without that tribe on the other side, we can't do that. You know, the, the problem with a lot of, how do I phrase this appropriately? The problem with the tribe that a lot of people currently have is not that they have a malicious tribe that wishes them harm. Never. It's that the tribe that they currently have literally doesn't know any different. So they can't direct you differently. They literally don't know any better. So they can't direct you better. They literally have not experienced what you seek to experience. So they cannot offer you encouragement to go mm -hmm. that direction. People only know what they know until they go have a different experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that your tribe is malicious. Is that your tribe literally doesn't know any better and it is your job to seek tribe who does. So Lori, what are your favorite ways to seek new tribe? Well, I want to seek tribe off of people in their mindset. If they are uh, operating from fear or are they operating from possibility? And this is really clear on a, a couple sentences in conversation. <laughs> You'll know right away if people are going to be a good fit for you or not for where you're going. If you talk about, um, you know, what you want to create in the world, what you want to do, what impact you want to make, what are the good things that are going on in your life? What's exciting? These are all elevated things that make you feel good and make you feel like you're expanding, make you feel hopeful, make you feel really excited about your life. These are all emotions and feelings that are going to direct you immediately towards, yes, this is a good place to go. Um, when people are operating out of fear, out of comparison, out of judgment, if you start talking to someone and 
the immediate first thing they say is something about someone else or something on the news or something that's sad or something that's scary. Um, this for me is a sign that someone's still operating in fear. It, it doesn't mean like, oh, you're a bad person. It just means I don't want to align with that because it's very easy to slip into that place. And I want to surround myself with people who are wanting to transcend, who are wanting to choose bigger. So I've been having all these mastermind calls lately, you know, for the mastermind that I'm setting up this year. Shameless plug, anyone who is a multiple six-figure earner that's an entrepreneur trying to get to seven figures, that's what my mastermind is all about for Mm. 2018. So I've been having all these calls where I interview people to see if they are a good fit for the tribe or not. Because just because they apply and just because they say they want to be in and just because they say, um, oh my God, I've been seeking this, doesn't mean they're the right fit this year for everybody. Because I want to cultivate the room the most perfect room full of amazing souls that I know are going to fit together well. So I'm on all these calls and the number one reason when I say, Hey, why are you interested in this? They say, well, I just can't find the tribe around me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they live in an area that doesn't have a lot of big thinkers. Sometimes they live in an area that might be more rural, who knows what, but the number one answer I've been getting is, you know, I've just had a real hard time finding the right tribe. I, I hear people talk about them on podcasts. I hear that they're out there. I see people running with them, but I can't seem to find them myself. And so I thought this is a good way of plugging myself in. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It is any mastermind, anybody's mastermind in any form. It's one of those hacks that is the fastest way, as long as you choose a good one to immediately finding new tribe that is like-minded, that is going to help either help you either think bigger or help reinforce the thoughts that you do want to have. You know, all you have to do is follow the successful people's routes because that's really all Chris and I have ever done is say, oh, that person is super successful. Why? Who are they hanging around? What are they doing? And one of the biggest things that we found, especially when did I go to Jack Canfield's training? It was like six years ago now, maybe maybe seven, six, no, or seven. five years ago. Five? We, we had just okay. moved here. I have no time reference. So I refer to Chris, uh, anything with time. I have no idea. Um, which is why I feel so young. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, when I went there, he was, he's been doing this for years. He had been masterminding and making sure that I think he went every Monday to go really align himself with huge thinkers in the world. Every Monday he had created a mastermind of these people to come together and align their week with the thoughts they want to think and the things that they want to do, because it's too easy to start, uh, you know, contracting in this world with what we're reading and what we're putting into our minds. So if we're not constantly choosing our tribe and not choosing our thoughts, you're going to contract, you're going to get smaller. So tribe for Chris and I, every single year for like the past four years now, three, three or four, Mm -hmm. we have chosen a mastermind, a chosen tribe, right? Because otherwise people are like, yeah, well, you're so lucky because you have a tribe. No, these are chosen tribe. These are things that we have purchased, that we have bought to make sure that we have um, consistent times to meet. I want to invest so much money into something so that I show up so that I have that tribe, so that I have that support. And of course, you're not always paying for these people like to be your friends. Of course, naturally, you start to be friends after this. But in the beginning, it's about somebody holding a space for you to to attract incredible people who are also just as invested. That's why I think it's so important when Chris and I search for a tribe, I want people who are just as invested as me to show up. I want people who are just as invested in love, in life, in their career, in their impact. So when I say career, you guys, I just mean overall impact of what you want to do with your legacy and in the world. And of course, you need the finances to support your legacy and what you want to do in the world. So, you know, for all of you who might still have some money issues, that's another reason why tribe is so huge is to get around people who understand that money is just an energy and you're going to get paid for the output that you are putting in the world. If Chris and I do not make millions of dollars, we cannot support our tribe. We can't support our purpose. I can't support the events. I can't support the book. I can't support the team. I can't support the give back efforts. We can't support this trip that we're going on uh, to Guatemala in like three weeks. So you guys, you have to understand that money is just an energy and it's vital to make such close friends with your finances and get around people who also feel that way about money. 
Yeah, money is just a tool, right? Uh, it's a magnifier. It's a tool that magnifies what your intentions are. So if you are a total bag of crap, it's going to make you a bigger <laughs> bag of crap. But good news, most of you are epic human beings with great big dreams and really good intentions. So guess what money is going to make you? It's going to make you an even bigger, more effective, more uh, human being with more impact that you can make mm -hmm. because you will do positive things. I mean, look at the, the whole... Um, not mantra, what do you call it? Tagline to my podcast. When good people make good money, they do great things because that is a fact. It's mm -hmm. exactly what they do. So that's exactly the tribe that I've put together. Um, if you guys want to check out some of the last few spots that are available, it starts in a couple of weeks and there, I think there's two, maybe three spots available based on who is going to finally say yes and commit to the mastermind. But it's for the love of money.com forward slash mastermind. You can check out all the information there and fill out the mini app. We'll jump on the phone. Again, it's fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind, but it's one of the easiest ways to plug into this tribe that's going to up-level how you think about money and up-level your business acumen, taking you from multiple six to seven figures over the next year. I'm probably one of the biggest things I'm most excited about, not only just writing a book this last year, but your mastermind, because number one, I get to be there. <laughs> and number two, they're my favorite thing in the entire world. And I, it's, it's truly because you are connecting people who are just as excited about your purpose as they are theirs, because it is the year of collaboration, the year of tribe and moving forward. I feel like we're just remembering. I really don't even feel like it's this new thing at all. I feel like it's this remembrance of who we naturally are historically. And I think the way that life is just set up now because it's so fear-based is the more separate we are, the more in fear that we can be. The more together we are, the more elevated, the more expansion you can have in your life because together you are so much more powerful. That's the thing about out. you know Chris and I were in and we are again actually we join like I said we join a mastermind every year we're in Lewis Howe's mastermind um but creating his own mastermind is probably the most exciting thing having Chris have it, have his own mastermind because really it's like we were on a walk last night talking about taking all of the most exciting things that we've ever learned and just pouring into these people uh whoever decides to join and like you said it's almost full but like knowing that these dreams are finally coming to fruition, this purpose in the world, how much better will this planet be? Because these people are realizing their dreams and really living out their gifts because that's what it's all about. You guys, we all have them. It's the belief that we don't, that's making us miserable. You are a part of something so much bigger. And that's what this mastermind is, is walking into a room, no matter how fearful you are and saying, well, these people all hold the same fears yet. We're all really purpose-driven. Okay. So we're going to release those fears. We're going to release all of the things that have been blocking us because I know in my heart that the world needs this. And listen, while we're talking about tribes, there's a whole nother way for people to plug into a brand new tribe. And that's your bliss project. The fifth year that you're doing that. And I'm actually going to nudge you right now to unapologetically talk about why that tribe is so important to plug into. Oh, I love that. Um, unapologetically, I want to say because this is my soul's purpose. And just like I'm sharing about Bliss Project, just like Chris is sharing about his mastermind, this is what you guys are meant to create in the planet. This is your life's work, is to elevate yourself through the things that you enjoy most, which then in turn elevates other people. I think so often we have that backwards, right? It's like, well, if this is bringing me pleasure and happiness, this must be selfish. Um, no, that's exactly how we were created. If it's bringing you pleasure, happiness, and joy, follow it because it's going to expand you, which is going to trickle down into everyone else. And you will use that to help expand others. So our entire life's purpose is to either solve an obstacle and create a s solution in our life and share it or follow that heart's, uh, your, your soul's nudge and share that with other people. So that's what the bliss project is for me. It is everything that has ever elevated my life. Anything that's ever lit me up, any sort of tool, any sort of person who's really changed my life. I'm trying to bring them all into 
one room so that you can have one of the most impactful weekends of your life. You guys, Bliss Project is the reference point for the rest of your life. You're going to be stepping in there and trying on the higher version of yourself, something that you're afraid to do out in the real world. But let me tell you, once you have one reference point of you being bold, of you being brave, of you overcoming in a safe space, right, of you releasing your story and understanding that every other woman in that room has the same exact story or something similar, uh, you understand that all of a sudden everyone is there to support you. Everyone has the same mission. We're all deciding to choose possibility and expansion over fear. And when you leave that room, you realize it's a popular thing to do. And sometimes we go back to our, our regular tribe And it's easy to contract, right? And so it's just the remembrance of once you go into that room, you can't unsee it. It's kind of like all of a sudden, once you realize this life of bettering yourself out there, of self-development, of um, these other people who are thinking a different way, once you go there, you can't unsee it. You'll never be the same. You might go back to that same circle, but what will happen is you've planted a seed. You have a seed of awareness that you can change your life, and it is power. The number one thing about why people or the people who change and the people who become successful, their number one belief, what I found is that they first have to have the reference point and belief that they can change. And the way to do that is to step into that room and seeing other people who had the same story as you change their lives and make the choice to elevate and to live better and to live a happier life. Oh my God. I love that. And so I'm going to plug for you. The bliss info is where people can get the last few tickets. And when I say last few tickets, I literally mean it. We're down to, I forget what the percentage is less than 5% of tickets are available. Something insane like that. So anyhow, the bliss info. I'm so excited for what you put together for the fifth year in a row. Now sixth one, fifth year in a row. Can I just say fun too? Because if some people are like, Oh, that sounds kind of scary or self-development heavy. Like this is going to be so much fun. I mean, I have these incredible singers and dancers and like, we're going to do some amazing things with the stage this year. Like you are going to feel like you are getting totally poured into and like, it's just going to be so much fun and so beautiful and such an awesome some environment to be in and did I mention swag bags uh, yeah that's all I have to say to women I don't <laughs> the know sponsors are awesome for the swag bags so let's kind of uh put a bow on it with this I like bows you like bows okay well, we'll put I a bow know, on it not really um the last section I wanted to make sure we chatted about was making sure you have the energy to mm. keep up with everything that you're about to experience whether you're committing to events whether you're committing to new rituals, whether you're committing to new mindsets, how do you keep the energy to keep up with it? And how do you stay in the energy to want to keep doing it? Okay. So there's levels to this. This is just like rituals. Like if our rituals sounded overwhelming, you're, it's because, you know, we've layered these, we've taken years to really practice making these things a habit. Same thing with energy, you guys. So the number one thing that I want people to do is really look at their life and find where they're leaking their energy the most. Like, is it because when you go to sit down and make that business plan for yourself finally, and you set aside four hours and you go and you sit in your chair and you have everything out in your whiteboard except when you go to start thinking about it all you can think about is that conversation that you need to have with someone in your life and it's an open loop and it drains you of all your energy and you're like I can't even do this because I have this huge upheaval in my life, this conversation that I know that I need to have that I'm not having. And it's this open loop that's draining all of your energy. Or you sit down at that whiteboard to have that plan and you start falling asleep because you've eaten a really crappy breakfast again. So we need to clean these small things up first. So you look for the one that is the main thing that keeps unblocking you and just focus on that for the next couple weeks, I would say. Just start seeing where you can close the loop, where you can make those tiny, tiny little adjustments in your life so that when you go to do these bigger things, you're not blocked again. They're never big ones. For me, it's always been food, right? Yeah. I know how to eat right, but making that right choice is, I just, 
I make the excuse that I love the taste of food so much, and I do, but it doesn't mean that I, I can't enjoy the things that I like eating. And so here's a great example of making small choices one at a time. Do you remember when we started making those make-your-own salads mm-hmm. every single night down mm-hmm. at the, the salad place? And my salad probably had, no joke, 12 different things in it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, was it feta cheese and, oh God, uh, you know, those sweet stuff. little... Um, walnuts cranberries. and cranberries and eggs and like like all of this 12 13 different ingredients and then what did i start doing i'm like okay it was I a know burger salad it was like, it legit, was insane you might as well have had a burger and fries but that's cool we'd sit down we'd figure out the calories of it and it was <laughs> nuts but listen this is a great example mm-hmm. because what did i do i'm like all right i know i can't keep up with this because it's not serving my energy it's not serving the body that i want it's really just lying to myself and telling myself that i'm having a salad so i said i can do without the cranberries and mm-hmm. I swapped them out for grapes, which weren't that much better, but it was, it was a sign of making a move. Then what did I do? I'm like, you know, I can live without the feta cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, so a week later, I stopped putting that in. And then a week later, I'm like, I, I can live without these little sweet little walnuts. Mm-hmm. And just one by one, every week or two, I started eliminating some of the ingredients. And now I have a salad with four ingredients in it. Mm-hmm. And it's healthy. And I've got the most energy and, and my favorite body I've ever had. And so it's little steps. It's not going to cold turkey all the time. It's a little step after step after step, giving yourself that freedom to choose when you're ready, but also holding yourself accountable to making the choice and not making excuses, finding that sweet spot in the middle where you can slowly inch your way towards doing the right thing and making the right choices for energy. I love that. It's all levels because if you really look all the way back, your first amazing choice was that you even said, okay, let's go have a salad. You know, so switching over and a lot of people do this with their tribe at first. It's like, okay, well, maybe I'll go to this networking event. And sometimes we find it's not really the right one. But what it did was it got us over that first big hurdle, right? So even if you guys and I hear this a lot, like sometimes you're like, yeah, I tried this, but I didn't like it. Okay, it's the first trial. It's like, yeah, I ate a salad, but I didn't get the abs I wanted. Okay, but you still ate the salad. Keep eating the salad because the salad is a gateway drug to awesomeness. Like your Caesar salad is a gateway drug to the kale salad. So <laughs> I used to hate kale. Now I crave it. Yes. It's amazing. Like Chris and kale did not get along. Like he used to make so much fun of me. By the way, I call kale um, nature's toothbrush for your colon. I don't know why I you probably that. just made nobody want to eat kale. You just ruined the whole thing. No one's going to eat no a salad again. No one wants again. a clean colon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, another way that I've, I've really gotten my arms around the energy was when we started doing the intermittent fasting. And it's not like we're prescribing this for no. everybody to try. It doesn't work for some people. But I found that when I rested my digestive system for longer periods of time, you know, three quarters of a day at a time, and then just have like an eight hour window of eating, I had more energy than I've ever, ever imagined. Now, the hump of getting over eating five, six meals a day because your body was trained to be hungry, that was tough. But when I sought out something new and got through the tough part to make it my new norm, the rewards on the other side were tons and tons and tons of more energy. Mm. And so I give you this example, not so everyone starts intermittent fasting every day, but so that they go, number one, seek what might work for them. Number two, get past that hump when it doesn't feel good at first. And number three, finally get the reward on the other end because it's always freaking worth it. It just takes a little bit more persistence than you think. I mean, if you would have told me about inter, if, if someone would have come up to me and said three years ago, you should do intermittent fasting, I would have smacked them clear across the face because... I loved breakfast. I was so like I my belief was so firm and I need a big breakfast. I need this. I need that. Yet my energy level in the afternoon was just so low. Now, will I intermittent fast the rest of my life? I have no idea. I may not at all. I may switch it next week because I really follow what I feel is necessary in that time. And right now, this time in my life is calling for a bit more energy. And this is really um, working well for me. It took me a good month to get used to it, to detach from the need, to detach from the desire to readjust my way of eating. But you know what it did do for me? I like bigger dinners and I love to be, I I love going out to dinner with my husband. I love being social. I love having a glass of wine a few times a week. 
not wine now it's champagne I'm just being honest and I'm able to do that with intermittent fasting because I can have a bit more throughout the day so for me I set it up in a way that I want to enjoy my life more and that's why it works for me Um, but it took me a while like I said I was so attached but I want to get into um, and, and these are just examples of energy loops if you're leaking energy with your tribe or with people that's a huge thing that you need to focus on first um, if you're leaking energy with uh, gossiping if you're leaking energy with judging these are the places you need to focus on first one at a time you guys and like I said these are levels I still have so many levels I would love to get to but I'm not pressuring myself um, but something that I want to talk about uh, to end on for the most part is really making sure that in your week or in every single day there is play or yes. there's something that you enjoy because this is so big for me this year Chris I just came off of a year where while we did play a lot it was more in pockets and I I have to play every day like you and I are pretty playful at home but I gotta have something that I look forward to or this work in the world is just it's too I get too tired Play is so important. It gives you know, me life. What do we do? We schedule in things like Fridays where we're not allowed to book any work, but we, uh, you know, I planned a little adventure for us on Friday. Um, we, we've made it a priority this year to embrace that side of us that wants to have more fun knowing because our fear in the past was, well, if we spend too much time having fun, we're not going to have enough time to do all these great business tasks that we have committed to. The problem is the reverse is true you are always going to expand your work to fit in whatever size box you mm-hmm. give yourself. So if you give yourself a nine hour day to do work, well, then you're just going to expand the same amount of work in that nine hour day. Then if you gave yourself a six hour day to do work and spent three hours of fun and play and had more energy as a result. And the problem with achievers is that we don't think play is productive. We're like, oh yeah, well we have these goals, right? How does play fit inside of my six-figure goal? Or you guys, maybe it's just whatever goal it is. It doesn't matter what size it is. Or how does play fit inside my, you know, X amount of dollar goal or just my happiness level, whatever that looks like. Maybe you're like, well, play isn't a big deal for me. Play is a big deal. When I say play, I mean creativity. I mean getting out in nature, travel, like just getting to that place where your soul is free and is is just you're following exactly what is nudging you. So the important thing about play is that for me as an achiever, I had to at first insert the word play is productive play is productive so even if it feels like it's doing nothing it is opening you up to bigger ideas and bigger things than you could ever imagine it's so crazy because the title of my book came right after a really nice long week of play that I had not done in a long time I was forcing myself and forcing myself to try to figure out what is this book going to be about what's why is it going to be so different why is it going to be so shifting and right at that pivotal moment of like where I was having a breakdown with all of the work that I was doing, we went and said, you know what? Screw it. Let's turn off our devices. Let's just go and play. Let's just go and have fun. Let's just go and connect. Let's go be in the ocean. Let's go be in the sunshine. Let's just go be goofy and explore and be kids. And on the plane ride home, literally wasn't even thinking about it. It was downloaded like a lightning bolt. You guys, this happens to me all the time. I had some amazing things happen right after Costa Rica. I have some amazing things happen right after I'm in the ocean when I have no attachment to what is this play going to bring me? Okay, I'm going to go play like she said, but you're attached to the idea that it's going to bring you something. You really have to go and play with the idea that you are just connecting with yourself, with the universe, with just creation in general, with how we're supposed to be in life. Because that's really all it's about is the moment, getting so, so, so rooted and grateful for the present moment. And that's what play does, just pulls everything out of your mind and allows you to be open to the universe, to source, to love. I love that. So let's kind of wrap this up on that note. And it's funny because you're kind of doing your podcast. I'm kind of doing mine. And I always have a signature question at the end of mine. I don't know if you do, but mine is why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success. What's your response to that? It's just another form of energy and it's all created from the same spot. It's all created from the same place. And it is a way to know that you are putting 
your gifts out into the world and supporting them. So if you want to make the world a better place and if you want to truly help people, you have to create the energy around that to be able to support yourself. Mm, I love that. Okay, I have one. You What's ready? yours? Yep. This is a dual podcast. I love it. Um, okay, you're in an elevator with someone and you only have 30 seconds and it's a total stranger and they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, I think I tell them that number one, nothing matters as much as you think it does. Number two, the secret to everything is love. Took me a long time to really realize that. Um, And number three, your version of happy is just that. It's Mm. your version. Don't let anybody else tell you what it's supposed to be. Oh, that's a good one. Not just because you're my husband. Okay, you guys, thank you so much to tuning in to the Earn Your Happy podcast and the for the love of money podcast. It's so funny. We literally just sat down coffees in hand in the morning. We're like, let's just go talk about this stuff. Coffee talk. And now we're going to pump that content out to you guys because we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Pump it up. (laughs) Technotronic. You killed me, babe. Bye guys. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.